it's a happy, it's a happy Friday. It's a play victory. My name is Andrew. Who just joined me on the call? Good morning, Brother Andrew. It's Susie. Hey, Susie. Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you too. How is everything? Everything is going well. Good. Good. How's my buddy Rick doing? He's doing wonderful. Getting set up to watch our grandkids for like two weeks while the parents go to Alaska. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. I can't wait. Excellent. Uh, The the virus virus is not as uh, expansive there. No, it's not. Yes. Good they're deal. both they're oh. both police officers. My daughter in law. Okay. Yeah, so they're gonna go take a trip. They need it. Mhm. Now, now are they uh, are, are they visiting friends? Do they are they on a cruise? No, they're or just they gonna just... go and do fishing everywhere <laughs> and home. Oh, you okay. name it, <laughs> they're fisher <Yeah>. people. <laughs> That's it. Well, I mean, the salmon up there I heard is incredible. Yes. Uh, I went to college with a guy that lived in Alaska, and from what he told me, I would have loved going up there. It's just amazing. Plus, they used to give uh, everyone a dividend just for being a a resident of the state. Yes, it's beautiful there. So every year, he would get a check just for being an Alaskan. (laughs) That's really great. I didn't know that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sometimes it was up to it was as high as fifteen thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we're not because of the pipeline. Oh, they, okay. Uh, yeah, everybody in the state got got something for that. Wow. So good. Well good. I'm glad everything's going well. And I hope I hope you and Rick are uh, taking your vitamins so, Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Every <laughs> single day. Well you have a wonderful and blessed day, Brother Andrew. You as well. Tell Sister Julia I said hey. Good morning, Brother Andrew. It's Deborah Evans. Good morning. Good morning, Deborah Evans. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Good morning. Good morning, Brother Andrew. This is Diane. Happy Friday. Good morning, Diane. Happy Friday to you. Good morning, Brother Andrew. Good morning, family. It's Prosperous Pam. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Prosperous Pam. God bless you. Good to hear everyone so simply this morning. Yes, it's the first date of the long weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, for at least for me. <laughs> so, yes. All right. I hope everybody has has a, a, a peaceful, enjoyable, safe weekend. But you're in the Lord's mm-hmm. Still praying for you, Brother Andrew. Everything's going okay with your eyes? Uh. Won't be able to see a doctor until the twenty eighth. So Oh, okay. That 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 is from God up until then. Yep. But thank you for the prayers. Please keep me covered. Pretty Patrice. Good morning, pretty Patrice. Happy Friday. Good morning, Andrew. Happy Friday to you as well. Happy Friday. Thank you.
and all the time God is good. Amen. Especially in times like these. Happy Friday, sister. Good to hear you. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desires before thee. My groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth. My strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from me. My sore and my kinsmen, they stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me. And they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. It's a happy Friday to carry victory. We travel in, under the Lord's protection. My name is Andrew. We just joined you on the call. Good morning, Andrew. Happy favorite Friday, Victory family. This is Rochelle. God bless you, Rochelle. Good morning. Happy favorite Friday. Good morning. This is Tara. Good morning, Tara. God bless you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. God bless you. Good morning. This is Janice. Happy Friday. Good morning, Janice. Happy Friday. But I, as a deaf man, heard not. And I was, as a dumb man, opening my mouth. It's a happy Friday to play Victory. My name's Andrew. Who just joined me on the call? Thus I was as a man that heareth not, and in whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord thy God. For I said, Hear me, lest otherwise. They should rejoice over me when my foot slippeth. They magnify themselves against me. I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. If I were to pray my iniquity, I will be sorry for my sin. It's a happy Friday to clear victory. We present ourselves before the Lord. My name's Andrew. Who's with me on the call? Well, according to the talk, it is time we got started. I will ask everyone under the sound of my voice if they would place their phones on mute, have the mute feature activated and ongoing. If the word of God goes forth today to do what it will accomplish, we ask that everyone make sure that they don't invariably add distractions broadcast. My name is Andrew. I'm your host for the morning, and I welcome you to the prayer victory. Who are we? This is who we are. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we're here to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in the walk with Christ. 
please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Today is Friday. It's Men's Day. Only men are scheduled in the lineup to bless you. Please be sure to join us daily in this month of July for the monthly theme entitled Wisdoms. Our wonderful and gifted declares will definitely bless you. Two announcements are before us today. There will not be a Friday Night Live broadcast tonight. Again, no Friday Night Live this evening. Secondly, we encourage you to partner with Declare Victory in giving an effort to share the gospel both locally and abroad. You can do so by several means. Firstly, you can use declarevictory.org. You can use paypal.me slash declarevictory. Or you can use Cash App, dollar sign, I declare victory. I'll repeat those. DeclareVictory.org, PayPal.me, slash DeclareVictory, or Cash App, dollar sign, I Declare Victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and your trusting in Him. There were no prayer requests on the app this morning. No emergency requests were made during the greeting period but there are revolving prayer requests that need to be mentioned and we need to bring those before the throne before our god we are still praying for the children the ones that are incarcerated the ones that have been separated from the families people are not talking about that anymore it's still a crisis the children are still separate we're praying for the children that are home during this pandemic and they don't have laptops. Their schools are not doing uh, remote learning. Uh, they have not been left by the wayside. The Lord still sees those and cares. We're praying for the children in the hospital, the ones that have already contracted the virus. We're praying for the ones that are hurt, abandoned, and scared. We're praying for the adults in that same number. We're praying for the first responders. We're praying for the healthcare workers, especially the ones that work in the IC units. We're praying for the pastors, the burden of a frightened flock, for those members who are not grounded in the Lord. But of voicing their concerns and oftentimes making the ones that do have a third footing jittery and question their faith in God's unfeed. We're praying for those who are not saved. We're praying for the homeless who are exposed like we really can't put a finger on. And we're just praying for each other the ones that are weary, the ones that are tired, the ones that are going stir-crazy, staying sequestered, the ones that miss people because you can't hug, you can't interact like you used to. It's harder to witness now. 
for those that need the rest, those that need a new anointing, those that need to be reminded of the anointing that they have. We're lifting those up for the mighty throne of God. The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate prayers will be led by Brother Jeff. Declaration will be brought by Brother Tony Sandoval. That order once again, prayer and corporate prayers will be rendered by Brother Jeff. The declaration will be brought by Tony Sandoval. Immediately following, Brother Sandoval will lead us in closing comments, answering any questions or offering any more insights into the lesson that he teaches. The scripture for today is James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. Once again, everyone under the sound of my voice, please, ma'am, please, sir, check your phone to make sure the mute feature is activated and ongoing throughout the call, please check, just in case uh, you want the word of God to be uninterrupted, unimpeded, and ever absorbed by the listening in audience. The next voice you hear will be that of Brother Jeff, leading us to the throne of grace. My name is Andrew Hart, and I'll pass the call. God bless you all. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, God the Father. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning, Lord God, for another opportunity, Lord God, another day, Lord God, to reverence you, Lord God, and lift up the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. You have given to us, Lord God, everything, Lord God. You have given to us, Lord God, everything, Lord God, pertaineth, Lord God, to life and godliness, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for reminding us, Lord God, early this morning, Lord God. Hey of all that we have to be grateful for, Lord God. Lord God, you've heard the things, Lord God, that your son, Brother Andrew, Lord God, have spoken of this morning, Lord God. All of those things, Lord God, that we continually to pray for, Lord God. We want to say thank you, Lord God, in advance, Lord God, for the answering of those prayers, Lord God, dispatching your, hey, hallelujah, Lord God, your angels, Lord God, for the answering of our prayers. Lord God, you know what we have need of, Lord God, before we even speak, Lord God. Before, Hey, hallelujah, Lord God, as the thoughts, Lord God, as the meditation, Lord God, of our hearts, Lord God. Hey, you already know what we have need of. So we want to say thank you, Lord God, for the answering of our prayers, Lord God. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, for giving us the belief, Lord God. Hey, that, that our prayers shall be answered, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. Your holy word 
your holy word. Hey, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. Lord God, it's your word that we stand on, Lord God. Thank you for your word, Lord God. Hey, where that he tells us, Lord God, that hey, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord, hey, is the beginning of wisdom. So, Lord God, we want to say thank you, Lord God, for wisdom, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. As we reverence you this morning, Lord God, as we love you, Lord God, this morning, as we cry out to you this morning, Lord God, thank you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. As we seek the kingdom of heaven first, Lord God, and his righteousness, Lord God, thank you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, for this early morning, Lord God, prayer, Lord God, for this early morning, Lord God, praise, for this early morning, Lord God, 10%, Lord God, oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God, when we first open up our eyes, Lord God, our hearts and our minds, Lord God, is focused on you, and for that, Lord God, we say thank you. Lord God, we want to thank you, Lord God, for every individual, Lord God, every believer, Lord God, every soul, Lord God, connected to this prayer line, Lord God, the, our households, Lord God. Thank you for covering us, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. There's a whole lot going on in the world today, Lord God, but Lord God, we place our trust and our faith. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. We got our eyes set on heaven, Lord God. Well, Lord God, we got our eyes set on the sparrow, Lord God. We got our eyes, Lord God, set on Jesus. Lord God, thank you. But Lord God, we continue, Lord God, to pray, Lord God, for this sin-sick world, Lord God, and for those that are lost, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. We're excited, Lord God, to spread the gospel, Lord God. We can't wait, Lord God, for another opportunity, Lord God, to share the good news, Lord. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. The day of salvation is right now. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. With all that's going on, Lord God, many need, need you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. Lord God, we're excited, Lord God to share the gospel, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. So, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that you send, Lord God, the virus, Lord God. Ah, hallelujah, Lord God. Back to where it came from, Lord God. Lord God, we know that you are in control, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Lord God. So we continue, Lord God, to pray for those, Lord God, that are on the front line, Lord God, fighting this, this virus, Lord God. We pray they are protecting and covering over oh, the first responders, Lord God, their 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 health, Lord God, their families, their households, Lord God. Keep them safe, Lord God, our nurses and our doctors, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Lord God. All of those in the medical field, Lord God, that are working tirelessly, Lord God, around the clock, Lord God, to save lives, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Lord God, we pray for those, Lord God, that are just reckless out there, Lord God. Hey, hugging and and, and, and acting up like uh, no face covering, Lord God. They're still living, Lord God, as in the day of Noah, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. Help them, Lord God. 
Let us, hey, Lord God, give us the coast is clear, Lord God, so that we can go out, Lord God, into the highways and byways, Lord God, and minister, Lord God, to the people, Lord God. Lord God, we must remain safe, Lord God. We must, re- hey, Lord, I, I, I had said it aha. Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for covering us. Direct our path, Lord God. So, hey, hell, let us exercise wisdom, Lord God, in everything that we do, Lord God. Even though our hearts, Lord God, is in the right place, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to, to practice wisdom, Lord God. In our daily affairs, Lord God, hey, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God, for those, Lord God, with secondary issues, Lord God, let us be mindful of that, Lord God, and not be too overly eager, Lord God, to run out, Lord God. Let us be safe, Lord God, as we place our trust in you. So much to be grateful for, Lord God. We love you, Lord God. Lord God, this morning, Lord God, we want to lift up him and surrender, Lord God. Lord God, you already know the uh, 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 the, the circumstances, Lord God. We pray for him and surrender, Lord God. We lift them up. Hey, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. To you right now, Lord God, we pray your protection and covering over their lives in that situation, Lord God. We need you right now to intervene, Lord God, into that situation, Lord God. Hey, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. We cover their household, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Help us today, Lord God. Direct our prayers today, Lord God. Lord God, we lift up our families to you this morning, Lord God. I lift up my household to you this morning, Lord God. Jesus, hey, James Lee Brown Jr., Crystal Denise Jordan, hey, hallelujah, cover them, Lord God, in their household, Lord God. Bless them this day, Lord God. Lord God, we pray for our elders, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. We pray for those, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah, Jesus, that are our leaders, Lord God. In our bloodline, Lord God, cover them today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Family, come on and help me. Take your phone off of you. Help me to praise him this morning. Help me to listen. Hey, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. Let's take our phones off of mute. I'm struggling this morning to get my words out. I'm struggling this morning to get my praises out. Help me, family, to cry out Thank you. 
Yes,
and we're going to be in verse 5, where it says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become in the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Verse 6 says, The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Today's title is Wisdom in Action. Wisdom in Action. Pray with me. Father Lord, just thank you so much, God. For today, Father Lord, thank you so much, God, for what you're going to say here this morning, Lord. Thank you so much for the message that you have prepared here for this morning, Lord. It is obvious to me, Father Lord, that you have been stirring in the hearts of the people who are listening, Father Lord. And I just ask that you just open up their hearts, their spirits, and their mind, God, Lord, for what you want to deposit in them here this morning, God, Lord. I pray that you decrease me and that you increase yourself, Father Lord. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, today I'm going to tell you a story. And I'm going to tell you one of the most embarrassing stories of my life. Something I don't really tell uh, very many people um, because it's just uh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's an embarrassing story so I don't really share it too much. Um, but I'm going to divulge a little bit of a secret here. Um, but this secret is tied into uh, some shame. <laughs> and uh, the secret is that it took me two tries to pass my driving DMV test. So my behind-the-wheel DMV test, it took me two tries to pass it, you know. So the written test, I, I aced it. No problem. First time. I think I got like one answer wrong. I had no problem passing the first part of the test, which is the written one. Aced it. But the practical part, the practical part was a little harder for me. And it took me two times to pass that test. The first time, I remember why I failed. I remember that I did like one of those kind of like California rolling stops <laughs> at, a, at a red light where I was supposed to go, I was going to make a right-hand turn. And I took my test on the south side of San Jose. And I grew up on the east side of San Jose. And everybody on the east side, if you're going to make a red-hand turn on a red light, you just kind of roll through it, right? If there's nobody there, if there's nobody coming, you just kind of like make a little stop where you kind of like are able to look both ways. And if there's nobody there, you just go. And so I didn't make like a fully complete stop at a red light right-hand turn. And I failed that one immediately. <laughs> so uh, the second time, I'm not even really sure why I didn't pass it. I don't even remember, to be honest with you. It's been so long. It's been like 15 years. Um, so I don't really remember. And I was really young. I was like 16 when I was trying to get my license. So who knows? Who knows why I didn't pass it the second time? But, you know, it was really weird because I, I had been driving already, even though I was 16. I'd been driving for almost a year already, like with no license, just driving with a permit, driving with my parents, driving with my cousins or whatever. And and I was already a really good driver, right? And I had no issues, no situations where it was unsafe or anything like that. You know, I was good at it. 
you know, and I, even now, like I have a lot of uh, a sense of like confidence when I drive, you know, I, I own a moving company, so I know how to drive the big trucks. I've been driving them for years. I've driven long distance. I can go. I pride myself on being that guy that if we're going to go on a road trip. I'll be the guy that drives the entire time, you know, and I don't have to stop. I don't get tired. Like, you know, so I always have felt like that sense of confidence when I drive. So I knew how to drive. I had no issues. I knew all about how to safely complete the action of driving with no issues. I'm going somewhere this morning. I promise. I, I knew how to do it. I knew how to act. I knew how to drive. I knew how to be get behind the wheel. I read about it. I studied about it. I knew all the rules. I had all the practical knowledge to execute, but when it came down to it, I just couldn't. You see, I had all the right intentions, but just couldn't execute. And true wisdom, come on, true wisdom is putting action to your knowledge. You see, I was the oldest, so my experience with someone in the passenger seat was my mom. And my mom tried to teach me how to drive. <laughs> and her experience was that I was the oldest. So I was the first one. And my mom's a really anxious person. So as she was teaching me how to drive, I remember very specifically how much drama she was <laughs> in the passenger seat. I mean, yelling, screaming, judging my driving, freaking out, saying I was driving too fast, I was driving too slow, uh, slamming on the proverbial passenger seat breaks with her pumping her imaginary brakes, you know, putting her hand on the dash, grabbing that little handy thing on the doorway. And I remember how scared she was, you know, and how how much freaking out she was, you know. And, and so that was my experience with somebody in the passenger seat. So when I got, when someone got in the passenger seat to grade me, to judge me, to score me, to decide if I was going to pass or drive, all this like experience and like, quote unquote, traumatic experience of my mom uh, in the passenger seat while I was driving was coming back to me, especially at a young age at 16. And, you know, I tend to believe that most Christians have good intention. You know? How many times have we had good intention? Uh, if you can check your phone, it's super loud. Someone is driving right now, and I can hear you, so if you can mute your phone. Um, if you can just mute your phone, there's someone there that doesn't have their phone muted, and it's super loud. Um, so if you can please check your phone, if you can hear me, uh, we can hear you. Um, if you can just mute it, please. Okay. All right. I think it's good now. Um, no, actually, no, it's not. If you can just please mute your phones and the other line, it sounds like you have me on Bluetooth or something in your car, and I could hear myself, so it's super loud. Okay. I think that's good now. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I, I tend to believe that most Christians have good intentions, um, and they want to act out of faith. And most Christians are studied up. They know the rules. They know what not to do. They know when to do it. And they know all the rules. They've studied. They've even practiced. They've heard the sermons. They've listened to the podcast. They've been on Declare Victory. They've read all the books. But when it comes down to it, come on, when it comes down to it, because of past trauma, because of how someone judged them, because of fear, because of how someone talked to them, they just don't perform. 
when it comes down to it, they're able, they're not able to reconcile the knowledge with the practical. They're not able to reconcile the knowledge and have the wisdom enough to put your knowledge into action because of fear, because of fear, because of trauma that you've had in the past. You see, I am convinced that the reason that people don't go into action and follow their calling and purpose is because they lack the confidence, not the motivation. Most people have good intentions. Most people have a good source of motivation, but it's the lack of confidence. It's the lack of wisdom. I believe that all of you today have a purpose and a calling, but I believe that what's stopping us from acting like we have a calling, it's different from to know that you have a calling, to act like you have a calling, act like you have a purpose. I believe what's stopping us is a lack of confidence, a lack of wisdom. You don't feel worthy of your calling or your purpose. And I want to tell you something here this morning, that that's okay. I understand the sheer weight of the moment. I understand the monumental calling of the service of the living God. That's crazy. I know how you feel. I, I don't want you to feel worthy. I want you to feel called. Those two things are something completely different entirely. You know, it takes wisdom to be stirred to action. It takes wisdom to understand that I don't feel worthy, but I feel called. That's something important. That takes wisdom to declare over your life that even though I don't feel worthy, man, I feel called. When you feel worthy, when you feel worthy, you feel entitled. And when you feel worthy, you feel entitled to certain outcomes. But when you feel called, when you feel called, you know that the circumstances and outcomes are up to God. Because you can't do it by yourself. Feeling worthy and feeling called are completely separate things. And this morning, I don't want to debate with you. I don't want to debate with you on who is called and who is not. Everyone is called and everyone has a purpose, period. God does not create purposeless people. God creates people of worth. And God creates all of us with a specific calling and a specific purpose. And that is the core of what I'm going to talk about today, but it's also going to be about the difference between feeling worthy and feeling called. And if we look at the story of Noah, if we look at the story of Noah, we see a man of faith, a man of righteousness, and a man of action. And we feel a man, we see a man with wisdom, a man who uses his wisdom to be spurred into action, a man who was given a task so great, so big, there was no way that Noah could feel worthy of the call to save all the human race. And yet Noah knew that he was called to do it. And because of that, his wisdom told him to act. And the three things that I believe that Noah can teach us to support our anointing, to support our calling, to support our purpose 
are character, consistency, and courage. And those are the three things that we're going to focus on here this morning on the story of Noah, our character, consistency, and courage. If we look at Noah's character in chapter 6, verses 1, uh, verses 22, I should say, chapter 6, verse 22, we see, we see that God tells Noah to build an ark, to bring two animals of every kind. And the verse of 22 says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And in the next chapter, 7, verse 5, again, it says, And Noah did all the Lord commanded him. I think these simple verses describe Noah's character so well. He did it all. No complaining. Never questions what was the right one for, that if he was the right one for the job. Never if he was worth to be the one by which all of humanity would be saved. He accepted his calling and he acted in faith. God wants to take you from a place of panic to a place of purpose from a place of inaction to a place of action. God wants to move you from a place of worth this morning to a place of birth this morning. You see, because when God has called you, he's called you according to your birth, not according to your worth. You see, when you act out of worth, you are acting out of your own skill set, out of your own knowledge, out of your own ability, out of what you have earned. But when you act out of birth, you act differently. You see, God has called you to be birthed again, to be born again. You get what you get, not because of your worth, but because of your birth in God. But because of your birth in God. And when you act like your birth instead of your worth, you start to act differently. You start to act differently. And in chapter 7, it says, The Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. You see, righteousness is, a, is an attribute given to your character. You see, righteousness is an attribute that belongs to God. Righteousness belongs to God. It is manifested in His, in, in God's character. And righteousness is a character attribute that belongs to God. You see, no man can be justified by his own works. No man can be justified by his own works. Therefore, righteousness is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. And it's a God-given quality that's inputted into man upon believing in the Son of God. Noah was righteous, not because he was the greatest of all men, not because he was somewhat, somehow supremely special above all else but because God had bestowed righteousness upon him. Noah was allowed to enter into the safety of the ark, not by some self-manifestation of worth, but by the gift of righteousness. You do not need to work harder this morning. You need to accept the free gift of righteousness. It is unattainable. It can only be received this morning when you think of your character and you think of 
all your character flaws. I think a lot of times when it, when somebody mentions character and like we're talking about character this morning is my first point. You think of there's no way I have the character to be able to do what God wants me to do. You, there's no way I have the character to be able to act in my calling. There's no way that I have the character to do this, to do that. But when you understand that righteousness is given and that a lot of your character is going to be given, you have control over aspects of your character, absolutely. But more so, when you walk with God and you understand that the wisdom of God is the acceptance of God, is the acceptance of God's calling, is the acceptance of God's righteousness, is the accepting of that so that you cannot manifest, uh, manifest on your own, a lot of your character now tends to be in God's hands. This morning, I want you to receive God's character, God's righteousness, just like Noah did. He didn't question it. He just acted. This morning, I want you to act. To act like you are called. To act like you are called. Not question if you're worth the calling, but act like you're called. The second thing that Noah teaches us is consistency. In chapter 7, verse 6, it says, Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons and wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood, pairs of clean and unclean animals and birds, and all the creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark. As God had commanded Noah, and after seven days the flood waters came to the earth, in the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the seventh month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were open, and rain fell on the earth for 40 days and from 40 nights. The first time that God approached Noah and said, I want you to build an ark, Noah was about 500 years old. And from the first moment that Noah was called until the fruition of the rain, a hundred years passed before a drop of rain hit the earth. And it took about a year for the flood waters to go down, to recede. Noah showed 101 years of consistency, day in and day out for 100 years, Noah built the ark. Just as God had instructed, he built the ark and he got his family his sons his daughters his wives to build the ark what are you building this morning you see every single morning that you get up every single day that you're given you're building something what are you building in your life are you allowing consistent building consistent building of your character consistent building of your of your purpose consistent building uh, of of your attributes and your attitudes and your relationships are you building the right relationships what are you sowing into each and every one of you has been called and our assignments change right you may be called to preach and be a pastor but right right now your assignment is to help a pastor is to support a leader, is to support a group, is to support a ministry. You Maybe you're called to lead, but right now your assignment is to follow. What are you building? 
your calling doesn't change, but your assignment does. What are you building during your assignment? What are you building during this time? What effort are you putting in? You see, there's this there's this saying that says that um, uh, that that says you're either getting better every day or you're getting worse. But nobody stays the same. You're getting better every day or you're getting worse. But nobody ever stays the same. But nobody ever stays the same. Did you catch that part of chapter seven, verse eleven that I read that said on that day? All the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heaven opened. Did you catch that? Where did the waters come first from? Where did they come first? Did they come from the heaven, or did they come from the earth? The Bible says that the, the water first came from the great deep, from within the earth, that all the wells in the earth, you see there's water under the ground. There's water in un, right underneath the, the crust of the earth. There's water pooled within the earth. And that burst forth first. So the water from within is the water that came out first. You see, so many of us are looking up to heaven. And we're waiting for our call to magically fall from heaven. But God is asking you this morning to allow the calling, to allow the character, to allow the worth to burst forth from inside of you, from the spring inside of you, from the well inside of you. Your calling will come to fruition when you allow the innermost parts of your spirit and your character and your personality to burst forth. You have a well inside of you that needs to burst forth first. So many of us are looking up to heaven, waiting for your call. But God is asking you to allow it to burst forth from inside you, from the great deep of your soul. And while you're waiting on God, God is waiting on you to be consistent, to obey, to act, to be consistent enough to see that all that he's doing and building day in and day out, sooner or later, your consistency will build a foundation of experience. You know, sometimes it takes time to build your experience. Sometimes it takes time to build your circle. Sometimes it takes time to build your faith, to be strong enough to be able to survive the rushing waters of your calling. Some of us are asking for our calling, but it's too soon. The ark isn't built yet. Your ark, your faith, your character isn't battle-tested enough. You aren't ready for your calling. And God knows that if he gave Noah, if he gave Noah the flood at 50 years, at 60 years, at 70 years, at 80 years, the ark wouldn't be complete yet. And him and the animals and his family would drown. You understand that God is not giving you your calling right away, not because you're unworthy and you're sinful and all this is because he's, he's ready for you to build. He's waiting for you to build your ark. He's waiting for you to build your circle, your character. You're asking God for your gifts and your talents and your ministry. And you're asking for God for, for something. For, you're asking for God for your calling. But your character is not ready to support your calling. 
It's not ready to support the rushing waters of the flood. And if you get it too soon, if you get your calling too soon, your gifting too soon, your ministry too soon, you'll drown. And not only will you drown, but the people that you try to lead will drown. Consistency. Noah showed consistency. And it's through consistent building of your own spiritual arc, your own spiritual foundation, your own spiritual circle, the people around you, your faith, your experiences. It's through the consistent building of that, that God will then allow your ministry and your calling and your purpose to come to fruition. Don't pray for something and want it too soon. Allow God to build in your life and the third thing that you can see from noah is courage courage in chapter 7 verse 17 it says for 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth and as the waters increased they lifted the ark high above the earth the waters rose and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the surface of the water they rose greatly on the earth and all the high mountains under the heavens were covered the waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Every living thing that moved on land perished, birds, livestock, and animals, and all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that moved along around the ground and the birds were wiped out from the earth. Only Noah was left with those with him in the ark. And the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. And now we start in chapter 8, verse 1. But God remembered Noah. Say remembered this morning. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were within him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heaven had been closed and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The waters receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the 17th of the seventh month, the ark came to rest in the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. You see, Noah had courage. If you listen to the violence of the flood, it's shocking. You know, God always paints a picture for me. So as I'm reading this, I'm picturing just chaos. I'm picturing violence. I'm picturing rushing waters coming into town, coming into cities, wiping out civilizations, wiping out habitats, wiping out animals, wiping out living things. The violence is shocking of the flood. But to me, to me, the scariest thing about the flood was the year that Noah spent with his family and all the animals just floating. Noah spent a year on the ark with his family and with the animals, and he just bobbed there for a year. He didn't have like all these GPS systems. He didn't have all this dynamic systems where he can tell where he was and where he was going and when the waters were going to come and leave. He didn't know that. All he did is for one year in the ark, he waited. It takes courage to wait. 
It takes courage to keep believing. Imagine Noah every day waking up and his family looking to him and saying, what now? God spoke to you. You had us build an ark. Cool, we're safe. We've been saved. We survived the judgment of God. We survived the flood waters. But what now? When are we going to get out? Is this the extent of our life? Is this how we're going to spend the rest of our days? And the rest of the story goes that for the next uh, for the next 40 days, Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven. And it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could not, verse 9 says, but the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself to the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, when its, uh, when its beak was fresh, he plucked an olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. When you study the book of uh, the story of Noah, you see that it's, it's, it's intertwined with all these themes and all these pictures of Jesus and all these pictures of grace and all these pictures of the Holy Spirit. You see intertwined and interlaced in the story of Noah. If you study the Bible, there are these pictures. There's the Trinity. You see the, the, the judgment of the Father. You see the salvation of the ark, which is Jesus. And then you see the dove, which is a representation of the Holy Spirit, which then leads Noah out of the ark. You see the complete and total body of God, right? And God wants to show you that in this chaos, in this violence, he himself is in it. And it takes courage for Noah to keep sending out a bird each and every single day for 40 days after the water has already receded. He sends out this bird, he sends out a raven, and he sends out a dove. And in the Bible, the raven symbolizes God's provision. You see it in the story of Elijah when he sends ravens to feed him. You see, ravens symbolize God's hand, God's provision. And the dove, it symbolizes God's presence. It represents the Holy Spirit. And in the end, it wasn't God's provision. It wasn't the raven that brought him peace. You see, it takes courage to pursue God's face and not his hand. It takes God, it, it takes courage to look for God and not just his provisions. You see, it's easy to ask God for help. It's easy to ask for his blessing. It's easy to ask God for his gifts his raven but it's another thing entirely to say all i need is your presence you see it takes courage to say that all you need is god and then act like it i'm gonna say that again it takes courage to say that all you need is god and then act like all you need is god you see the dove never came back because they found a home they found it found a safe place to nest they found a safe place to land 
You see, I believe that God's presence is here this morning. And I believe that it's looking for a safe place to land, a home. And will it find that home with you? Will it find a home in you, in your life, in your ministry, in your calling? I believe the Holy Spirit is hovering over you this morning. And is it going to find a safe place to land in your life? Are you going to allow it and give it a safe place to land in your life, in your community, in your ministry, in your church, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your kids, in, in, your, in your home, in your family life? Are you going to allow the Holy Spirit a safe place to land? It takes courage to allow the Holy Spirit to land in your life. I'm getting ready to wrap up with this. But you know, I know what it feels like to feel unworthy of your calling. I know what it feels like to feel the weight of your calling, to feel that your calling is so heavy, so unbearable, so undoable that you just cannot do it and you feel frozen. I realize the magnitude of what I'm asking you to do. I never want to water down what your calling is. Do you know what your calling is? Do you know what your purpose is? It's a covenant. And a covenant is not just a promise with between you and God. A covenant is a uh, a covenant is is a is a partnership between you and God. Even more so than a promise, a covenant is a is a is a partnership between you and God. And in chapter nine. God tells Noah, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And in verse 17, it says, so God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all the life of the earth. You see, God gave Noah a covenant promise. God wants to give you a promise here this morning. And I want you, wherever you are right now, to bow your head, to take a note, to open your heart and just ask God, what is your covenant with me? What is your promise in my life? What is the partnership that you want to take up with me? God wants to partner with you this morning. Ask God what your partnership is with God. I know what it's like to feel unworthy, uncalled, unprepared, broken, and abandoned. And I will not water down how big and how important your calling is for the kingdom of God. But I also don't want you to feel worthy. I want you to feel called. Don't feel worthy. Feel called. True wisdom is just like Noah, understanding that it's not your worth. It's your calling. You need to feel called, not worthy. Because when you feel called, all of a sudden, you aren't paralyzed with fear. You're able to act. And wisdom is putting knowledge to action. And wisdom is allowing you to act. You're able to act when you understand that it's not by your worth. It's by your birth. Just like my story of driving where I felt paralyzed to drive when it came to doing the practical action of driving, even though I had all the knowledge, I want you to be able to put your character 
your consistency and your courage into action here this morning. That's wisdom. I want you to have the wisdom to be able to get behind the wheel of your life and allow wisdom to spur you into action. Allow wisdom to move you into your calling here this morning. Ask God what his covenant promise and his covenant partnership is over your life. Because once you accept that you are called, wisdom allows you to take steps. Wisdom allows you to take courage, to be consistent, to develop the character enough for your calling. Let's pray here this morning. God, thank you so much for speaking this morning, Lord. And as we transition to the Q&A session, Father Lord, I just thank you, Father Lord, because I know that you're going to develop in us a covenant, Father Lord, a promise in our life, a partnership with you, Father Lord. I know that you're going to speak to us, Father Lord, that you're going to develop in this character, Lord, that you're going to develop in this consistency, Lord, that you're going to develop in us courage, Father Lord, and wisdom to act in our calling, Father Lord. I believe that you've spoken to us this morning, God. I ask that you take us, take the word that you've given us here this morning, Father Lord, and put it in our life, Lord, to weave it into our spirit, God, Lord, to weave it into our calling, to weave it into our purpose, to weave it into our everyday, Father Lord. And as we transition to the next session of this morning, Father Lord, I ask that you continue with us. I pray that your spirit hover with us, God. And I pray that your spirit look for a safe place to land here this morning, God. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much here for being with us. Uh, thank you so much for listening uh, to the declaration and to the prayer this morning and everything that had to be said here this morning. At this moment, I'm going to open up. And if you have anything to add, if you have any comments, any questions, I love hearing how God spoke to you. So if you just want to speak about how God spoke to you this morning and what God was telling you this morning, man, you're going to help not just yourself, but others and even me uh, just kind of tie in everything that God is talking. So if you have something to say, I would love to hear from you, questions, comments, whatever it is. Uh, if you just need prayer, uh, that's welcomed as well. So if you have something to say, I would love to hear from you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Shonda. I'm hey, so Shonda. sleepy this morning, but I heard you. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> I enjoyed the generation. And a couple of things stood out for me. Um, what, what made me wake up because I was still laying in the bed, what I heard is Noah did all that God commanded him to do. So I heard that he was listening, that he was hearing and that he had a relationship. I heard you say that he was consistent. And the two things that stood out to me that seemed like they were probably a declaration all in themselves and I have more questions about, because it was about timing. And it was the dove and the raven. And you said mm -hmm. the dove represent Holy Spirit. And again, I was eyes closed sleeping, but I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> And you said the raven represented provision, and you mentioned the water and where the water was at the timing of it. And so um, I, I have a question, I guess, about the, the raven part, um, the provision. When the raven went out, it didn't return. So 
the timing of provision and the and the you said the waters um i don't know which word to use but basically we know that the waters settle um can you comment um i i feel like it really it is that's just how i'm feeling that the dove and the raven probably are a whole other declaration but just can you sure. comment a little bit more on the raven part and the provision and the timing of the water because i i just hear something there and thank you so much <laughs> for <your> sure <laughs> of course of course um yeah if we if we so that part is in chapter eight and it starts in verse six where it says open no open the window and sent out a raven and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth um and that um what i've so i've actually done uh, a sermon or i think it was a bible study on this particular session section before and that's where I, i've got this god's first told me this a long time ago where where people seek my hands but they don't seek my face where they don't seek um they don't seek me for the sake of seeking me they seek my hands first right they seek my provisions first because they understand that god is a good provider of god right so our first inclination often is to go directly to god to fill our needs but that's not what god ultimately wants to do right like like he didn't send jesus so that he could supply all of our needs he sent jesus so that he could reconcile himself to uh, himself to him us to himself right and god is a relational being right and god is not a transactional being right god doesn't only want to complete transactions in your life hey god i need a car cool here's a car hey god here's a, i need a job here's a job hey god i need food on the table so here's food on the table god doesn't only want to provide your needs more so than anything god wants to provide relationship not transaction uh and that you're you are right that is a whole other declaration a whole other sermon in itself but that's um i remember what god was revealing to me that 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 so many people first seek the relation or first seek the transactional aspects of god uh where god wants the relationship and, and the the transition god wants to give you things let's just put it that way god wants to bless you god wants to provide for you god wants to give you provision that that is not uh, a bad thing but more so what grounds you what grounds you what got noah out of that ark with his family and into the new promise was the holy spirit and the holy spirit is really what provides relationship with god the holy spirit is the aspect of god is the aspect of the trinity that connects us to god right the father aspect of the trinity does not connect us to god the 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 son aspect does not connect us to god it is the holy spirit that connects us directly to god and that's the dove and that's what connects us with God. So if you just remind yourself that God is not a transactional God, God is a relationship God, a relational God, that God wants to build relationship with you before he wants to give you transactions. So before you seek the hand of God, remember that God is asking to seek his face, to seek relationship with him first. 
I'm not sure if that answered your question. Oh, oh, certainly. That was good because it goes back and and, uh, asked about the raising because I just want to understand and I definitely believe that you should speak his face and not his hand. I I agree with that. Um, um, But I think it it goes back to what I heard you say about um, uh, he did, Noah did all that God commanded him to do. So listening, Mm -hmm. you have to have to be listening, you have to be hearing. Tells me he had to have a relationship, and, and so right. I, I really enjoyed today's declaration. Like I said, I was locked out, and I, I was, but I just <laughs> my ears just kept perking up. So thank you, God bless you. Have a great God day. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Anybody else have any questions or comments or want to talk about how um, what they got out of the message, how it affected them? Good morning, it's Nurshin Nikisha. Good morning, Tony. <laughs> oh wow, you had me at the uh, the Hollywood Row is what I called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Wow, that was a, a great declaration. When you were talking about him being inside, I'm thinking about how we're inside, even though. Uh, mm. we still be like making little runs and stuff like that so we're not like completely inside and there's some people that still do actually have to go to work but I was thinking about how a lot of people are not obeying that so if we just do something so simple as just staying inside like we were told to then maybe we could get some more uh, things done as far as like God wants us to do so I'm like wow you know it just it took my mind there and Mm. I really liked the way um you were talking about how the dove just kept like just looking around and was like he he couldn't find anywhere to perch I'm like because it's not safe it wasn't safe but people are still just want to do what they want to do and then when the dove didn't come back I was like oh wait a minute but wait a minute, but then I was like, oh, well, then that means it was okay, so, oh, oh, wow, great declaration, mm-hmm. it's just so, um, need to go back and revisit that, um, yeah. I need to go back and revisit it, because there's so many people, they just taught on the surface of that story, but you went deeper, and so now it's making me want to go deeper, so thank you, mm-hmm. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Um, I remember when I was first putting together the sermon, I I remember looking at my wife and I'm like, the story of of Noah is like heck along, man. It's like five chapters in Genesis. So there's there's a lot. There's a lot there that you can parallel and that you can get out of. So uh, I definitely would recommend giving another look and another read. Um, Thank you for that. Anybody else have any questions, any comments? Good morning, Tommy. Morning. Go ahead, Sorry. Brother Andrew. Go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. Brother, brother Turner, this is Andrew. Uh, thank you for your lesson this morning. Uh, so the one, the one thing that that uh, stuck in my mind more than anything else was that Noah's faith was strong and just yeah. as strong as his patience. But what he didn't mm. do, he didn't let somebody else's vision for his purpose deter him from doing exactly what God told him because I'm sure other people were trying to advise him on what he should be doing because 
his particular walk out, walking through his purpose, walking out his purpose, didn't look like theirs. Because, yeah. you know, you have a lot of people publishing books on, you know, how they, you know, instituted uh, their where I am now from where I used to be. And mm-hmm. everybody can't follow the same footsteps because, yeah. you know, God knows me by name. So he's not confusing yeah. me with anybody else. And though we all serve the same God, he doesn't have us on the same assignment. And we're going to yeah. grow based on our faults and failures. We're going to grow at different rates in different areas yeah. at different times. Yeah. And so yeah. there, there, there's no one size fits all for the kingdom of God. And a lot of times yeah. we, we delay where we need to be and we uh, basically like skip over people that we need to reach because we're being pulled by people that we respect in the faith, by people that we look up to as being full of knowledge, advising us on mm. something that we've already got our marching orders for. And yeah. so when God tells us something, nobody else should be able to detract us from doing what he told. Uh, again, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna exercise our faith because there's gonna be a period where it looks like he's not helping or it looks like he's not listening or it looks like maybe mm. you've misheard. But if you stay faithful and you stay plugged into the Holy Spirit, you know, you'll he'll see you to that other side. So because you can't look you can't get caught up in what things look like. Or what you think things sound like, and a lot of times we take our eyes off of headquarters and we start talking to our fellow foot soldiers, and that delays us getting to where we need to be. And sometimes that adds years to the wait because mm-hmm. we have to relearn some of that over and over again before we can advance. So thank you, brother, for that reminder. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, and then I know, I know, sister, you had something to say too. I heard you in the beginning. Yeah, it's so funny. Hi, Tony. This is Rochelle. Um, and this <laughs> it's a trip because um, my husband watches the same movies over and over and over again. And then on <laughs> Sunday, I yeah. kid you, yeah. I've probably seen. I can't even tell you, but so happened on Sunday. Um, we were watching Noah. <laughs> yeah. And it was so funny. I said, oh, I can't even get mad this time because we watching Noah. So I sat down and I began to watch the movie and we were talking about the movie and he was saying, oh, you remember this part in the Bible? I said, well, babe, first off, you have to remember that it's a movie. I said, so they put yeah. stuff in here to make it longer. I said, some of the stuff kind of throws you off. I said, but you have to remember and stick to, you know, what the story is about. But the thing that really stood out to me, it was just a a lot of parts in there that was just like, oh, my God. But Noah's consistency and his, he didn't, I don't care how much he loved his wife, woman, you not, what did the creator say? I don't care how you feel about this. I don't care how you feel about that. What did the creator say? And he stuck to the plan. And just like what um, Brother Andrew was just saying, we cannot, we have to keep our focus. We have to be um, obedient. We have consistency is what draws um, God's attention. 
Your, the faithfulness mm-hmm. is the same as consistency. And that is the yeah. one um, character attribute that Noah had that we should all take. When we talk about the story of Noah, we always talk about his obedience. And that's the one lesson that we should learn and and never take our focus off and keep that and hold on tight to that. So it was just amazing um, how, you know, God will uh, present things to you before you know, something else and he'll bring confirmation. So it was amazing to uh for that movie to be on and you to talk about Noah. And the one yeah. thing that I got that stuck is consistency. We have to be consistent. Um and we have mm-hmm. to understand the purpose as to if he tells us to do something, we know God's plan is sure and it's complete. Mm-hmm. He knows it from beginning to end. So we have to stick to his plan and be consistent and be obedient. So God bless you for your declaration. Thank you, sister. I, I said it when I first started, um, but more so here uh, than anywhere else that I speak or preach at, more so here, um, right before I'm brought up, someone always uses my notes. <laughs> and Brother Eric did. Uh, he quoted both Noah and Proverbs 9.10, which were obviously, we talked about the story of Noah today, but that Proverbs 9 and 10, which is the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom was the first verse that I read. It was in my notes. So um, uh, I don't know what it is about confirmation on this on this call, um, but God is always looking to confirm things on this call. I don't know why. I don't know what the purpose is, but I could just, uh, there's always just seems to be a line of confirmation. Maybe that's what the leaders are praying for on this call. I don't know, man, but there's always a lot of it on this call so uh just wanted to to strengthen that comment there um yeah, yeah but anyway we can't declare yeah. victory if we don't get confirmation so that's i mean Correct. it just pulls them together so yeah it yeah. is what it is cool. and lord we thank you we thank you <laughs> yeah for sure i'm all for it i'm all for it i'm always like i don't know how they got my notes before like <laughs> but, it's always on, the, he's on the line too. Yeah, you know he's on yeah. the line too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, thank you so much for that. Um, does anybody have any other questions, any comments? Good morning. Um, this is uh, Priscilla. First of all, just thank you, so. you for your consideration. Um, it was really good. I, I um, like Noah's. Uh, life um, story, this part, I really do. It's one of my favorite ones in the Bible. And why is that? There are so many reasons, but you did take it deeper and you brought a lot to life. But first thing that stood out to me was time. Um, no age and how much life he had lived um, prior to. And oftentimes we think, you know, so much time is, you know, passed by or whatever. Um, and, and we're looking at it differently in our lives and we're comparing ourselves to others. Noah, um, I think, uh, went through so much in life that his um, calling on his life um, and his relationship with God was strengthened through, just through time and living. And um, having that relationship made him just completely absolute and listening to God's voice and doing what God says. And that was the character building like you referenced. And um, I love it when you said um, 
You know, you're not worthy. No, none of, we hear that all the time, but do we receive it? Um, and I, being focused on your calling, being called, not your worthiness, separates that and it's done. Um, and focusing on that um, and acknowledging, getting rid of that I'm not worthy conversation, something you don't even need to spend time with, just, you know, and uh, and letting it go. That helps you get to what um, your covenant is with God that he's made with you. So I love that, loved it, the, the clarification in this. Um, and then also, um, you know, the consistency. I just heard the sister said, you know, uh, when Noah, you know, had to, I, I can only imagine, okay, I, I think about Noah, I can only imagine how crazy he looked. Okay, I can only imagine it wasn't just his family uh, talking to him. It had to be people laughing, doing whatever. I think it's mentioned in the Bible as well. I mean, it had to be so much he was getting. That's why I said years of him having a relationship somewhere in those years of living with God and really having a divine intervention with God or a supernatural experience where he just, he absolutely knew he heard the voice of God and God proving it to him over and over and over again. This is who you're hearing for him to do what he did. Yes, the courage was there, but it, um, it was God's courage because of the relationship he had with God. And he, no one could tell him any different. No family member, no wife, no person out in the, in the, wheel, the streets or whatever you want. No one can tell him any different. That in itself, to me, is, um, yeah, that's a, some, somewhere. I mean, I could be wrong, but somewhere that's there's some sort of supernatural experience that he has had where God has made himself so real to Noah that it is deep rooted in his, you know, in his heart, in his belly. He just, no, there's just no way. He feared the Lord. He feared the Lord. No question about it. Mm -hmm. And wisdom had come and, and consistency was there and courage was there. All of that was built up because of that relationship, time, um, living, and um, he knew his God had made it clear what his purpose was, his calling, and his, and his consistency, I mean, and his um, relationship. So I just want to say thank you. That's what I got out of it, and it's so much more. Um, I definitely want to go back and revisit um, the reading again, but I, too, have watched that movie, I don't know how many times, because I just enjoyed <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and I watched it recently. <laughs> And um, and I like to watch them because I, you know, how they change things in the movie and it's not in the Bible. Yeah. So I like to see how many times they change it and and identify it and then check myself on my own knowledge and truth. But it was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it yeah, was I, very very good teaching. Thank you. Yeah. No, Paul. I do that all the time too. Like some people, uh, for some reason, some people think that certain like sayings are um are like bible verses or like in the bible right like that there's that saying where god uh god helps those that help themselves like that's not a bible verse that's not in the bible like and i'm always that guy like watching a show with my wife i'm like hey man that's not true dude like yelling at the screen (laughs) so i know i know i know exactly what that's like
<laughs> hey, man. Hey, this is Anthony Allen. I'm on now, too, as well. Hey, Anthony. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I, I just want to say I enjoyed the sister sharing about, you know, Noah. And right, right quick, the Lord showed me something about how Noah was, God sealed Noah in the ark. And the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things will pass away. Behold, all things become new. And the Lord showed me Jesus' name and acronym. If you're in him, if you're in Christ, you're in, he gave me Jesus' name and acronym. Uh, if you're in him, you're, you're justified. You are eternal. You are saved. You are unspotted. And you are sealed. Only if you're in him, though. You can't be in and out. So that's why I love the word. Yeah. Brother, do you mind yeah, saying man. that again, please? Yes, <laughs> yeah. If, you if you're in Christ, you are justified. You are eternal. You are saved. And you are unspotted. And you are sealed. Thank you. Who that is, Brother Michael? Thank you, Brother. No, it's Brother Anthony Allen. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. God has given me a gift of acronyms and quotes to explain the word to the people on the street. And I was sharing mm-hmm. my brother. Um, how I had to have a Paul experience for God to get my attention. I've been yeah. off work now, it'll be 24 years this year. And God showed me, he took his disciples, Jesus took each disciple and said, follow me. And he took them off their jobs. But when he got ready to leave, he says, now go out and proclaim the gospel. And to proclaim means you have to be. You can't proclaim something you're not living. Because then you make what you're proclaiming appear to be a lie. And there's a great accountability and judgment for that. Yeah. yeah. You have a lot of these preachers, they're in the position, but they're not living the condition. Mm. I like that. That's good. Yeah. God wants to condition us for a position in the new heaven and the new earth. And we have to do as Jesus says, if any man, which means humanity, if any man come after me, he must deny self, take up, take up his cross, and follow. Follow means obey. So if we're not following the word of God, we're not obeying. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve, because he told Adam and Eve, the day you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. And God showed me the word die was delivered into evil. Because everything God created was good. Now you got good and evil mixed. That's confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. But the devil, he's the father of lies. Mm-hmm. And um, I've shared with my brother, because I've been sharing this with people. God gave this to me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interfere. No, um, I, I, I've been asking people, maybe... Some of you on the line can tell me how many languages do we have in the whole world? Anybody knows? A lot. <laughs> God showed me in a dream 
He says, son, we only have two languages in the whole world. We have many dialects because of the Tower of Babel. But he said the only two languages in the whole world is truth or lies. That's it. Now, I can agree with somebody in a different dialect, but truth or lies will never agree. So God showed me lies is living in error spiritually because you'll be lost in evil, sinning. And he showed me evil is empty, no substance, because most people who tell a lie, they'll forget the first one they told. And the V is for vain, and Solomon made it clear, vanity of vanity. All is vanity. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man for every work shall be brought into judgment, every secret thing, be it good or be it evil. And he says, and then he says, son, the eyes for ignorance, if we don't study God's written word, because the devil's words are not written. And he says, son, if you take the word ignorant and ignorance, the root word is ignore. So if the devil can keep the mind so distracted we're ignoring God's written word. He will maintain the influence over the mind with his lies. And he said, son, if you take the word ignorant and ignorance, the root word is ignore. And the L is lustful, which is an out of control desire. It is controlling you. And lust, he showed me, is lost under Satan's trickery because he put a twist in words just like he did with Eve in the garden. But if we get sincere, repent, turn our mind back to God and study the word and walk by God's wisdom, get understanding first and walk by God's wisdom, it'll take your E-V-I-L and turn it completely around to L-I-V-E. And God wants to restore life here on earth so we'll be in condition for a position in the new heaven and the new earth. If you're not in condition, you can't get the position. Thank you, brother. You got a you got a gift for the uh for the acronyms for sure, man. Um I always like seeing what God gives like specific Features and teachers like they'll have uh, like different aspects, right? Like <laughs> how they how they kind of convey the 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 message, you know? Because people listen and understand and learn really differently, um, and that's a that's a good gift to have, man. That's one I do not have. I don't even try to make acronyms. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's like the scripture said. And I shared this with my pastor one day. The Bible says there are many members, just like your natural body. There's only one body, but it says Christ is the head of the body. So I asked my pastor, since when did the body start telling the head what to do? Let he that has an ear to hear what the spirit has to say. And I do a wisdom quotes on T-shirts, too, as well. And the shirt that uh, I have out now, is, it says benefit in big letters. And the benefit is God has got your back. Only if you put him in front. And so 
the Lord dropped one in my spirit, and I talked to the guy the other day, and you know how in James one twenty two it says, "Be a doer of the word, and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself." I'm gonna have that scripture put on the shirt, but under it's gonna have a line, and under the line it's gonna say, "You will never be if you don't do, because if you don't do, you will never be." Amen. Can I say something, Pastor Tony? Thank you for that, brother. That, yeah, that definitely is a gift. So, um, Pastor Tony, I just want to say thank you. And I, I, this brother helped me bring out a parallel in you um, when you were talking about your gift for driving. And good morning, family. This is Dondria. And thank you for uh, the declaration, the awesome declaration. I'm going to go back and look at the, the movie. I've looked at it before. But your gift for driving. Um, it's parallel to you being a pastor, like you said, having super confidence. So you're driving us. Um, with your gift of driving and uh, like you said you you pride yourself in being or you prided yourself at the time for being um, the one that could drive the long distances and do all that so that's a correlation to your relationship with God so you're um, carrying us you're carrying people you're carrying the load and you know um, with the driver with being the driver and long distances and stuff it comes with a lot of responsibility so uh, just like the brother said you was conditioned for the position amen <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, anybody else have any any other comments, any questions? I just like what the sisters just brought out because uh, we help us one to another. And the Bible says, forget not to assemble yourselves together. And the enemy his God is about unity. He said, let us all come into the unity of the faith. And I love how when people come together and they're in unity of the faith, because God showed me to have life is living in faith eternally, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You got to first believe that he is, and he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. And God showed me some years back, and I share it with people, it's not about our feelings. It's about our faith. Because when God told Adam, the day you eat that tree, you shall surely what? Somebody help me out. And die. And God showed me the word die. Die was delivered into evil. And so we we have to understand when we come together, the scripture says iron sharpens iron. And I always use this example. When you see a butcher in a a, a, a meat shop, he's taking the blades and he's scraping against each other. You see the sparks. He's sharpening the blades. And I asked this question one time at a church. Why is he sharpening the blades so sharp? Anybody know? Can somebody help me out? Why why is he sharpening them like that? Why is he sharpening the blade so sharp? Make his job easier. Say again? To make his job easier. And it's also it's easier for the blade to cut through the flesh. God wants to get to the heart of man. And Jesus says in Matthew twelve, thirty three to thirty seven, either make the tree good. And it's fruit good, right? 
that makes the uh, tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. The tree is known by its fruit. And one day I said, let me look into the word fruit because I've learned to look in two words because God is the word. And in the definition of fruit that immediately got my attention was results. So either make the tree good and its results good or else make the tree corrupt and its results corrupt. The tree is known by its results. And the Lord dropped in my spirit, son, you'll never see peaches on a cactus plant. It's the tree that produces the fruit, but the fruit gives the tree its identity. And then he said to me, uh, the rest of the scripture says, oh, generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? Why did he call them vipers? Can somebody help me out? <laughs> the reason he called them vipers, he was talking about their character, slick, sly, sneaky, and poisonous. Amen. Then, then he said, uh, a good man out of the good treasures of the heart, he brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure, he brings forth evil things. And here's the key to verse. Amen. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account of in the day of judgment. For Amen. by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. And what he's saying is your actions speak louder than your words. Because I was reading uh, in Scripture where it says, um, cast down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But it tells us to bring every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And the Lord says, son, look at the word imagination. He said, what you do is going to produce the image of a nation, either the image of the nation of God or the image of a nation of the enemy. And we can't be lukewarm because lukewarm means neutral. So I tell people, get in your car, start it up, put the gear in neutral, hit the gas, and see how far you go. And the Lord is saying, either you are with me or you are against me. And it's a process of growth because we're born again. And I tell people, don't no woman have a baby and the baby get up and get dressed and go live its life. It has to be loved, taught, and nurtured unto maturity. And this is my last point. Second Timothy uh, 16, 7, what is it? 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration means breathe, and it is profitable, which means growth, for doctoring. Doctoring is teaching, and for reproof, which means to prove over and over again, and you can't leave kindergarten and go straight to college. As you get older, they'll give you a test at the end of the year. If you fail the test, they're going to give you a makeup test. Why do they give you a makeup test? Do someone know? Can somebody help me out. Why do they give you a makeup test at the end of the year if you fail the first test? Gotcha. And you know what the Lord showed me? They give you a makeup test to see, did you really go back and study to get the answer? 
And God's word is the only study book for life because only he gave it. And then it says, uh, for reproof, for correction, which means to bring things in order. Anything out of order cannot work in order. And for instructions, and God showed me instructions are like a blueprint. When they build these buildings and they run into a problem, they always go to the blueprint to try to, I mean, to figure out how to correct it. They go back in and they correct it. Well, God's word is the only blueprint for life because only he gave it. And then it says that the man of God, again, humanity, may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And I used to share that in the men's meeting. I have a men's group called Impact. And Impact says for inspired men passing around Christ's teaching he gave me. But ain't nobody perfect but God and Jesus, one of my friends said. And I said, Lord, let me look at this word perfect. In the definition of perfect was mature. Because sin is a childish state of mind because you want things your way. It's selfishness. And God showed me sin is is separated in nature because Adam and Eve ran and hid themselves from God's presence. So they thought. And God tested them. But they didn't own up to what they did. God showed me where there's no confession, there's no conviction. And where there's no conviction, there will be no conversion. And so when you don't, God said he will never turn down a humble heart and a contrite spirit. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what does it really take to be humble? I was in tears. And the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, ask the God who gives it liberally and upbraids not, but ask in faith, not wavering. And he didn't answer me right away. And we were getting ready for church. And, he, and my wife and I, and I got in the car and said, God, what does it take to be humble? He still didn't answer. So I'm on the freeway, riding down the freeway, looking up into the hills. I said, God, what does it take to be humble? When I got to my exit, the Lord spoke to me and said, son, to be humble is to be of one mind. And when I looked up the word one, it means to be in agreement and to be of one mind. When Adam and Eve disobeyed the one command, they disagreed. So to be one with the Lord, we have to be in agreement with his word. And the key factor to being in agreement is what Jesus said. If any man come after me, he must deny self, take up his cross and follow me. The struggle with humanity is learning to deny yourself. If you're not denying your feelings, you're not walking in that measure of faith that God has given unto us. And faith is following all in the heavens. Because in Isaiah 55, he said his ways are not our ways, neither his thoughts, our thoughts. High as the heavens above the earth, so my ways and yours, my thoughts and yours. And the question we have to ask, I ask people, how, what is the one thing that's leading us, though? One thing that leads every, every human being in this world. That was hey, the question. Anthony? Yes, sir. Hey, man. Um, we're we're going to go ahead and, and wrap sorry. it up in a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you finish that point, uh, but we're okay. we're going to... Yeah, we okay. we usually use the Q and A for like everyone to kind of share here, buddy. Okay, I'm sorry, but the one thing that no, leads every human being I appreciate is your words. Insight. Yeah, 
one thing that leaves every human being is words because it's a thought before it's an action. That's why we have to cast down imaginations. That's against the knowledge of God. But if we're not in it, how are we going to do that? And I love you guys. And I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, Anthony. I, I really do appreciate your insights, man. Thank you. Um, right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and just close in prayer here. Uh, but just thank you so much for everybody who listened, everybody who joined, uh, make sure you join in. Um, and, uh, and I just appreciate you guys all. So I'll go ahead and close, but, but thank you so much, Lord, for everything you're doing here this morning, Lord. Thank you so much for everything that you're speaking, Lord. Thank you so much for just generating words in people's life and for what you're going to do, Lord. I just pray that you bless them. I pray that you take them a blessing, God. I pray that you anoint them. I pray that you you steady them, Lord. And I pray that you have a, have a great holiday this weekend and that you keep us safe, God. And I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. God bless.